Hello and welcome to the Feel It to Heal It podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Kelly, and I am a clinically trained therapist, emotional wellness and life coach, and healer. My mission is to help as many humans as possible feel safe to feel their feelings in order to create a life beyond their wildest dreams. Thank you for being here and let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. Happy New Year. This is the first episode I am recording in 2024, and it's officially my birthday month. All right, I'm going to hop on Morning Tea Live, get back on the live life after being away for a week. So let's do it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Morning Tea Live. I got the singing back. We're almost there. For those that don't know, I have had the flu for the past week and finally feeling a little more human. (sighs) And so we're showing up today imperfectly. I don't even know what really wants to come through today, but we are trusting it. And trusting that if we need to cough or we need to sneeze, that we're okay. I'll never forget when I saw Beyonce in concert and she sneezed. And it was like all over the news, like Beyonce sneezes during concert. And it's like, yeah, she's human. (laughs) It's like we forget everyone's just human. So cheers. Happy New Year. Happy January. It's my birthday month. I'm very excited. I love my birthday so, so much. And today I want to talk to you about when all the healing pays off and what does that really look like? I was debating, do I want to talk about, you know, like really healing this relationship with sickness on a new level? And then I was realizing like the root of that really is just what happens when healing work pays off and how that pertains to when I got sick this week and also when my New Year's plans fell through, uh, when just other things that normally would trigger me have not triggered me. And just kind of the connection among all those things, which is what happens when the healing work pays off. Because so often we talk about, you know, why we do this healing and just all that goes into that. And I just want to keep talking about why it is so worth it and why everyone needs relational healing. Like every single one of you need to do this healing work. Like there's not one exception because this is the payoff part of it. So before we dive in, let's take, I'm not going to do a full grounding. I'm meeting myself where I'm at. So let's just do a couple breaths. So placing your hands on your heart, breathing all the way in and release. And again, breathing all the way in. And one more. Just noticing how your breath is feeling. Noticing what it feels like to be in this present moment. Noticing what it feels like to just be alive, to have your breath. 
Noticing what it feels like to receive love from your fur babies or your regular babies or yourself or your family or your friends. And just taking a moment to receive that. Taking a moment to just see if you can lean into the gratitude of the present moment. That if you're listening to this, you are alive, and you are breathing, and you are well enough to be on Instagram. And taking one more breath in. And release. And when you're ready, you can start to come back. So <clears throat> two things happened this week that just always bring me back to what really matters in life. Um, the first is I got sick. And the second is um, I had a loss, which I'm not going to talk about yet, but <clears throat> it was the first time losing someone of this nature. And it reminded me why I do this work, like why feeling how you want to feel, creating the life that you want to create. And healing emotion dysregulation, healing trauma, healing relational wounds, healing money wounds, healing relationship with sickness, healing relationship with control and fear and loss and all the things. It reminded me why I do this every single day, even on the days where I'd rather be in bed, like right now, I'd rather be in bed. And I, you know, I did allow myself to be in bed yesterday and also when you feel so deeply connected to your why and so deeply connected to how this work literally saves lives and that is what I was reminded of this week that you show up you get up and you remember why you're doing the things that you're doing each and every day because this world so desperately needs it so I want to talk to you about why we do this when all the healing work pays off, because if you've been on a healing journey <clears throat> like me, you know how fucking challenging and painful it is and uncomfortable and how it asks you to literally shatter everything that you've ever learned, everything that you've ever known, every way that you've ever related to yourself, to others, to the world, and why you put yourself through this. You don't put yourself through it to torture yourself or to just be in unnecessary pain, but why? Why do you do it? And for me, I was reminded very heavily this week of when all the work pays off, it is always worth it. And so I'll take you through a few different examples of she never lets me hold her like this she really must have missed me literally never ever lets me hold her like what who is this cat Luna she's just she's so happy I'm home I think 
anyway, I'm just going to enjoy that moment. Um, <laughs> so let's see. You guys are going to have to bear with me. My thought process is going to be a little slower today. So that's okay. Um, where were we? Why does it pay off? Okay, so I'm going to walk you through a few different examples of how this healing work paid off. So first of all, those that know my story know that sickness is, I would say, tied for number one alongside fear of abandonment. I would say abandonment and sickness are my two biggest triggers, but sickness was the one that actually was a near-death experience, whereas I did perceive abandonment during childhood, but I wasn't actually abandoned to the point where I was a near-death experience. So, but the two are very connected. Those that know how I work and those that know Gabor Mate, who's a big inspiration, um, you know that it's all connected. And so my fear of abandonment, <clears throat> you could say, led to some of the reasons why I had a near-death experience of getting sick. Because we are always going to do whatever we need to do to get our needs met. So with that being said, because that is my biggest trigger, that is something that I've been working to heal the past two and a half years where I had to really look at why I was getting sick as much as I was. And I had to show my inner child and my nervous system a new way of getting her needs met. And so I stopped getting sick. And also I moved to California, which really helped because my body hates New York City winter more than anything. And I was reminded this week, like, holy shit, I used to get sick like this every single winter and then some. And now that's not my norm anymore. And so it's like I was transplanted back to my norm. That's not my norm anymore. And it was this really weird experience of like, I no longer live this way. And yet I got a taste of what it used to feel like to live that way. And it just was that reminder of like, oh my God, <laughs> I can't believe I used to live this way. I can't believe getting sick all the time was my norm. I can't believe getting so dysregulated was my norm. Feeling so ungrounded all the time was my norm. Eating crappy food all the time was my norm attaching on to everything and everyone and my just an inability to be with myself was my norm and it's sometimes it's not until we're placed back in that environment that we're reminded of how far we've come of how none of that's my norm anymore and so like you know going to the urgent care with my dad and you know having him drop off food and you know, constantly having to update the family of like, you know, what my fever is at, like that used to be my norm. <sighs> and it's just not anymore, like at all. And so the biggest difference this time is that every single time, including the last time I had a fever, which was after my dad visited in 
October, I had a random 24-hour fever that I did not share about because I have to be very intentional with what I share when it comes to sickness because little me can be very sneaky of wanting to absolve shame because I used to feel a lot of shame around how much I would get sick. And that's another thing that shifted. It's like I had no shame this time. <sighs> um, and so this was probably the first time ever in almost 32 years of life that I experienced zero dysregulation, like really zero fear. And fear doesn't necessarily mean dysregulation. You can feel fear without it taking over and, and making you dysregulated. But it was really the first time that I didn't have any fear, which is weird and wild. Um, because even just in October, as recent as that, I felt fear of getting this random fever because it was the first fever I had gotten in years. And I was like, oh my God, what's happening? Why is this fever here? Um, and I had a lot of dysregulation. I had a lot of fear. And this time, maybe it was partially because I was with family and I knew that I was, you know, being, you know, supported and taken care of. That absolutely could have been a huge part of it. Um, and if I was completely alone, maybe there would have been some fear. But whatever it was, because even the times where I used to be with my family, there was still a lot of dysregulation. And so this was really the first time ever that naturally, like I didn't even have to try, you know, there, there are times where I've been sick, where I've gotten dysregulated, where I'm like, okay, like this is my opportunity to relate differently. And I really have to make a conscious effort and try to calm my body down, calm my nervous system down and, you know, tend to little me. But this was the first time ever that I just, I didn't feel any of that fear. And so this was really just like this compound effect of um, all the work that I've been doing to heal my relationship with sickness and dysregulation and noticing that all of that work got to pay off because life is going to happen, right? Like I'm going to go to New York city and I'm going to be off my schedule and I'm, I wasn't sleeping well at my friend's house. And, um, yeah, I wasn't, you know, eating what I normally eat. Like I was traveling, like all these factors happen and I caught the flu and that happens. Right. And so healing my relationship with sickness doesn't mean that, oh my God, now I'm never ever going to experience sickness again. It means that one, I experience it far less than I used to. And two, when I do, I get to actually just not make shit worse. Because <laughs> that's what dysregulation is. It's when you have something, something happen, and the thing that happens is already shitty, right? It's like, oh, it's not fun to get sick. Or, oh, it's not fun to have to cancel my New Year's Eve trip. None of that's fun. But the dysregulation makes it, oh, okay. She just put her cat tail in my um, teeth. 
um, it makes it 10 times worse because we're fighting what is. We're fighting reality. And when we fight reality and we don't surrender to what is, we prolong what we don't want happening to happen. We miss out on all of the lessons of why this is happening for us. And we miss out on massive opportunity to relate in a way that's going to serve our growth. And so in the past, anytime I would get a high fever, I would get so dysregulated. And when I say dysregulated, I would feel so much fear. My body would go into survival mode when it didn't need to. And that fear would make me cry and cry and fight what was. And then that dysregulation made me sicker. And then I would get sicker. And then the getting sicker would then create more fear. And it was this vicious cycle. And so now that I didn't have that, it was just this surrender. It was this acceptance. It was this deep faith of like, oh, I'm not supposed to go to Napa. I'm not supposed to go to San Francisco. And for someone who used to struggle with control more than you can imagine, that my control would have been so off the handle of like, but I have to go to Napa because I have to go to this concert because I paid all this money for it. And because if I don't go, then what am I going to do? I'm just going to stay home alone and I can't be home alone. And then I would make that mean stuff about me. I would compare to everyone else who was doing something on New Year's. <laughs> I can't get over her. Like she literally never lets me hold her like this. You such a good baby. So... <clears throat> My control would have been activated, and instead I was like, oh yeah, that's a bummer that I wasted all that money on these VIP expensive tickets that I splurged on, and it's a bummer that I'm going to miss my friend's birthday. It's a bummer that I'm not going to get to go to San Francisco or Napa. It's a bummer that I can't see my family again because I'm now isolated in this room. And it's a bummer that I can't see Odessa, which is one of my new favorite bands playing in San Francisco. But what came abundantly clear to me is I feel very clear about why this was not meant to happen. Um, and it's not something I can quite share yet. Um, I, don't, I actually don't know when I would be able to share it, but... It's all that you need to know is that there was a very clear reason why I got sick. There was a very clear reason why I was not meant to go on this trip. And the universe knew that the only reason I was not going to go was if I got sick. And it literally forced me to not be able to go. And so the reason why I know that I wasn't meant to go is a very painful one. And one that I wasn't really ready to fully accept yet. And so the universe knew <laughs> that I had to get sick in order not to go. And I can fight that 
and I can, you know, force my way there. And I, you know, and I could have done that. I could have still gone. I could have, I could have gone. I could have stood there. I could have had my tissues and my mask. I could have enjoyed some of the music, but I would have been forcing it rather than actually taking care of myself. And so instead I said, you know, there's nothing more important than my health and taking care of myself. And I trust that the more I surrender to what the universe is wanting me to learn and be with the pain of that, the more that I am going to get to the other side of this. And so the healing work paying off, one is that I didn't have this dysregulation. I was able to just surrender and accept to like, oh yeah, I'm sick and I need to take care of myself. And I know how to take care of myself and I can just do that. And I can just be with myself and I can really look at what are the lessons of this. And the primary lesson of why I wasn't meant to go. And that's something I just have to continue to process and sit with. And the other lessons of like slowing down, of remembering what's actually important in life, of not attaching on and further deepening my trust and faith and in, in trusting that on the other side of this slowing down, on the other side of this choosing me, there's going to be great reward for that because this was a prime example of choosing me in many, many ways. Again, some of which I can't go into right now, but it was, it was a choice that in the past would have fully dysregulated me. And I chose me like fully and it was painful. And also it felt really clear in my body. And so I get to trust that there's so much goodness and reward and manifestations coming true on the other side of this. And so when we look at everything is happening for us rather than to us, it allows for this sense of peace and trust and excitement of like, all of this happened for me, like all of it, all of it happened for me. And I feel so grateful for that. It doesn't mean that I'm not human and that I wish I didn't get sick or that I wish that things were different. And at the same time, my highest self knows that everything is exactly the way it's supposed to be. But the more that we fight those lessons the more that we fight what is, the more that we fight surrendering, the more we hold on and make meaning and try and control, the more we go in the same circle over and over and over and over again. Because the universe will always bring us the same lesson multiple times because we are meant to not only learn the same lesson multiple times, we are meant to use each time that it comes up as a deepening of that lesson. 
a deepening of that lesson. And within this one week, I have felt so many shifts <laughs> happening in my nervous system. Like how I related to my family, how I related to my mentor, how I related to clients, how I related to a situation that normally would have triggered a very deep wound and not feeling any of that fear of abandonment relationally with particular people. And so I, I just sit here and I'm just like, this is why, this is why we do this work because it's a compound effect where it's going to feel really shitty and really shitty and really shitty and really shitty some more and really painful and really uncomfortable. And then you're going to reach this point where it all integrates. You have to be the one to integrate it. It all just doesn't magically integrate. Like you have to choose in every single moment. Am I perpetuating suffering or am I integrating lessons? Because this is like full spiritual transformation. This isn't like, oh, let me teach you how to manage anxiety. Here's a few coping skills. Like this is full spiritual transformation. That is what I have undergone in my own healing. And this is what I teach you. This is literally how can I transcend all of these protectors, all of these trauma responses that are keeping me broke and sick and stuck and suffering and anxious and attaching on to everything. And so that requires letting go, but we can't let go if we don't feel safe to let go. And how do we feel safe to let go? We have to be with the pain. We have to be with the fear. And this week brought deeper layers of feeling that pain, of choosing me, of choosing a new way, of going back to my old life and being reminded of like, how everyone in this world relates through survival mode and through sickness and through addiction. Like there was a point on Christmas day where I just took a walk by myself. I went to the park, I meditated, I did some stories. I just connected back home to me because there are points where it gets so hard to witness everyone just functioning through their addictions. And it's such a big mirror moment because that's how I used to live every single day. Every single day I would relate and live through my addictions. I would go to a job that I hated. I would busy myself with work. I would numb and distract. I would come home. I would turn on the TV. I would eat whatever comfort food I wanted. I would go to bed and I would do it all over again. And that was no way to live. And then I would just get sick all the fucking time. And it's just the weirdest, like I can't even like express into words how weird it is to like even be sick right now and feel this version of myself 
and be like, oh, this used to be my norm. And now this feels more foreign, whereas before it used to feel more familiar. And so if we allow ourselves to shift, and that's a key word, is we have to allow it to happen. We get to literally blossom into who we were always meant to be. Because your dysregulation, your attaching on, your you know, need to feel a certain way, like this very conditional power instead of unconditional personal power, all of that is just based on what you know is familiar and what you know is safe. It's not actually keeping you safe, though. It's keeping you stuck in a version of yourself that's not authentic because that's not actually you. The most painful and scary and beautiful part about this this healing journey is that I had to really piece together, like, who actually am I? Like, who am I? <laughs> and that can be a really scary question. Like, who am I? To not know who you are, it can feel really scary. And so I put together these pieces of, like, any time that I'm not one of these core parts that I feel clear that I am, Anytime I'm not one of those or relating through one of those, I know that that's trauma. I know that that's my inner child. I know those are my protectors and my defenses. And so even though it can feel really scary to shatter like this entire perception of who you thought you were, I thought I was so many things. <laughs> and then I realized like, oh shit, like, that's actually not true. Well, it was twofold. It was one, there are parts of myself that I thought I was. So for example, I always prided myself, like I'm so emotionally intelligent. People in college would know me as like the emotionally sound person. And yes, at my core being, I am, but I would use that and attach onto that to absolve myself from the shame and the unconscious <clears throat> shit of how dysregulated I was. And so it didn't actually matter that that's who I thought I was because I didn't actually feel safe to embody that. And so I wasn't actually relating through my authentic self. So you can know that, you know, you are the most grounded, wise, talented, joyful person. But if you have trauma that's not allowing you to feel safe to embody your most authentic self and you're living not through that, then it doesn't actually matter. What matters is getting yourself to a place where you can actually feel safe to embody that and so yes i am emotionally intelligent but what good is that if i'm fucking dysregulated all the time or if i have unhealed anxious attachment wounding or bpd symptoms or uh an addictive relationship to sickness right then like it doesn't actually matter because i'm not living through that and so what matters is 
making the choice of I am going to do what is in my power to relate through who I know that I am while challenging these perceptions of am I actually embodying that so that I can step further and further towards my authentic self. So, are there any questions so far? I feel like I just went on a million different directions. <laughs> but it all ties together. It all ties together. And I guess just to summarize this topic of when all the healing work pays off, it's one, not making shit worse through getting dysregulated and feeling safe to be with what is, two, being able to have some difficult conversations with loved ones that I would not have felt safe to have before because I always prioritized everyone else's emotions over my own. And I really had some difficult conversations and they were painful and they were me allowing for deeper connection. And that is how we become the leader relationally in our lives and how this healing work has this domino effect of I get to invite my loved ones to look at things in a different way, but I have to be the one to lead them. Like I'm no longer baby of the family. I am now leader. <laughs> And it feels terrifying at times because I'm used to being baby of the family. But no more because I don't need to be. And that's actually quite liberating. And so I've had to learn how to lead difficult conversations, to set boundaries, to have the safety to just like take a walk that day and be like, yep, I am going to take care of myself. And then the biggest perk of all of this, aside from feeling more regular, like I've never felt this grounded or regulated during sickness ever. And sometimes I fool myself. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm so grounded. And my mentor's like, no, you're not. And so this is the importance of having a mirror to, to really look at and be like, am I, how am I actually feeling? <laughs> What's actually happening? Because we can delude ourselves beyond belief. We can justify. We can think that we're all fine and dandy. And then internally our energy is like screaming otherwise. We can say one thing out of our mouth and then our body is like contracting. But yeah, yesterday my mentor is like, you're very grounded. And I was like, I know, it's so wild. <laughs> and I was like, this feels so much better because I'm actually able to absorb all the lessons. So not only does not feeling dysregulated during sickness just feel better, but it just feels like, oh, there's purpose to this. Like it wasn't all just a waste. It wasn't all just like me repeating old cycles of sickness. It was like, oh, I actually really get to learn these lessons and come back to what's most important and come back to myself 
and carry these lessons with me. And that's worth everything. Like for you to be able to have the safety that you need to respond to what's happening for you in life from a place of grounded receptivity rather than fighting it, it just makes your life so much easier. So I really want you to look at what are the areas, and I'm just laughing because I'm thinking about um, one of my clients that's on here. <laughs> And the timing, we were literally just talking about this exact topic one week ago from today. We were talking about this exact topic. And then it was the universe was like, here, here you go. <laughs> go, go role model what you're actually saying. Like the timing was just fucking impeccable of like, oh, I'm guiding her of how to shift and how she's relating to some of these things. And then <laughs> you didn't jinx it. <laughs> the universe was like, here, go ahead. Like, let's, let's, uh, let's continue to role model it and integrate it. And knowing that the more that I do that for myself, the more that I'm able to guide my clients in doing the same. So it was not a jinx. It was exactly how it was meant to happen. So yeah, I don't know if there's anything else. Thoughts, questions, comments, feelings, anything you want me to elaborate on or clarify? any area that this is resonating for you in your own life and yeah, how you want to, how do you want to relate to it differently? I think the biggest thing oops, okay, we're back. Um, I think the biggest thing that I'm taking away from all of this is like there's no urgency like we operate in this world where it's like oh my god if I were to have missed work or needed time off or responded to a boxer slower like it would have like there there I there is just this sense of urgency and it's like I wrote in my stories yesterday, there's no, nothing is urgent unless it's urgent. And I even had the timing, the timing of this, I wrote in my stories, nothing's an emergency except if there's an emergency. And literally hours later, so that was kind of like my reminder to myself as I was putting my phone in the other room. And I was like, I'm just going to go rest and sleep and take care of myself and everything can wait. And the ironic part was then I came back to my phone to a message saying, call me, it's an emergency. And I was like, uh, I don't know. This doesn't seem like an emergency. I didn't even know what it was yet. <clears throat> but sure enough, I called the person it wasn't an emergency. It was, it was really upsetting news. 
Um, it was devastating news. It was heartbreaking news, but it was not an emergency. And it was such a reflection moment of like, we think that things are an emergency because of pain. Like if something is painful, our bodies go into that survival mode of like, oh my God, you have to do something about this. This is an emergency. And it was just such a good reminder of like, oh, we can be with the pain of this news, but it's, there's not actually anything to do. Like there's, it's not actually an emergency. And I even had to like ask my mentor, like, am I being a dick? Like, am I just being insensitive? Like, was this actually an emergency? And I was like, no, it wasn't an emergency. But again, it's just a reminder that we can tend to relate as if things are urgent in an emergency because they cause deep emotion. Whereas when we can really look at you know, we are safe to be with that emotion and there's nothing to do but be with the pain, then we realize, oh, that's not actually an emergency. And we allow our bodies to get out of survival mode. Like my body used to function so much in this urgent state all the time of like, everything's an emergency or, oh, if I don't respond to this or, oh, da, da, da. And it's like, I just, I feel like that has left my body. And now I'm just like, it's all okay. Like everything's okay. Even when it's not okay. Even when it feels like it's not okay. Like you're actually still safe unless you're not. But if you're not, you would know. And that's a very rare exception, right? For the most part, the norm is that if you're here listening to this, your body actually doesn't need to be in survival mode just like normally my body would have gone into survival mode Luna um it normally would have gone into survival mode when I would get sick and this time it was it just knew because of all the work it's like it knew oh like okay we're in New York City in the winter we got a flu like that doesn't mean anything it doesn't mean I have to go into survival mode because I don't my body's very capable of healing it's healed from way worse things than the flu so I'm like let's keep it all in perspective you know and uh yeah it just makes life so much easier when you can just accept things for what they are and always ask, what am I meant to learn? What is the learning here? What are the lessons? Why is this happening for me each and every time? And then <laughs> the purring is a lot. I'm telling you, I don't know what's going on, Luna. I think she like, she, she really held down the fort while we were gone, but she's, she's very active right now. So anyway, just kind of rambling now, so probably should wrap up, but um, I love you guys. Let me know how this all lands. Let me know if you guys have any questions. Oh, and I should probably tell you what's what's going on uh, with the sale because it's a new year birthday sale. My birthday is January 13th and 
Capricorn season. I'm very excited. I'm a double Capricorn. So it's like, it's a time. It's a time to be alive. Um, so I have a sale. <laughs> You're like, this is the slowest episode I've ever recorded. I'm just like, la da 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 da. Leave it. Leave it. Thank you. Um, I have a sale going on. So the first part of the sale is my course, The Secure Entrepreneur. It is 30% off. It is originally 1111. It's on sale for 777. And if you want it for even cheaper than that, you can purchase Beyond Your Wildest Dreams membership where you, tier two, where you get all of my programs for like a dot of a price of what it normally would be. So if you just want the secure entrepreneur, this is a seven module self-paced course with bonus videos, journal prompts, homework, community support for entrepreneurs who struggle with anxious attachment. If you have an activated anxious attachment wound and you are trying to build a business, dear Lord, it is going to get in your way if it hasn't already, which it probably has and you're not even aware of it. And maybe you are aware of it. But even if you're not, we can't build successful, sustainable, aligned, authentic businesses with our anxious attachment running the show. Trust me, I've tried it. It does not work. And if you see any amount of success, it's just temporary. It's like, <laughs> Luna, she just fucking tried to climb up the window and fell, like fell straight down. Poor baby. Anyway, um, <laughs> you can try it, but if it's coming from a place of needing external validation, needing control, needing to make money or needing a client or needing to book a project or whatever it is, the universe is going to continue to have the same lesson over and over and over, which is you are not actually coming from your most powerful, authentic self. And that is going to affect your work. It's going to affect your relationship with money. You know, everyone thinks that attachment wounding is just our relational attachment, our relationships. And it's actually the blueprint for how we relate to every single thing. So if I'm anxiously attached to a person, and then when it comes to money, I'm going to be grasping onto money or I'm going to be acting like every dollar that comes in, it's like the last dollar that's going to come in. That's relating through my inner child. That's relating through survival mode. So the secure entrepreneur helps you relate to your business in a way that is coming from a place of secure attachment, from personal power, from trust, from healthy boundaries, from um, divine feminine and masculine energetics like really understanding you can do all the strategy in the world, but if you are disconnected from yourself and you are allowing your inner child to run the show, none of it fucking matters. Like the strategy can just go down the toilet. 
So you have to understand where your, where your energy is, is your energy in this place of trying to control and force, or is it in the energy of being so fucking connected to your why, your vision, your mission, yourself, that you allow things to come to you. And that is what I'm further embodying this year as well, because my 2024 word is magnetism. Because I authentically am magnetic and I'm meant to be magnetic. And it is when anxious attachment or fear or survival mode or trauma gets in the way that you block your magnetism. So that is on sale for 30% off for the next, up until I think the 15th. And then if you want that, plus all of my other programs, so Come Home Yourself, the course, Powerfully Single, the course, my meditation series, and my brand new course that is going to be launching, I don't know exactly when yet, I think the spring, um, Authenticity Unleashed, and then anything else that I create this year, plus tier one, which comes with the weekly live trainings inside of our private Facebook group, community support, all of that. You can get all of that half off. Um, so basically for the price of just a secure entrepreneur, that's 777. But if you do half off of tier two, that's 2000 for the entire year, you get access to all of those courses, which is worth like the come home yourself course alone is worth 2000. And so you're getting all of that for 2000. Um, and then if you just want a little taste of tier one, and you're not ready to dive into the programs yet, you can do tier one, which is just the weekly live trainings inside the Facebook group for half off. So normally it's 111 per month. So you can get it for 55.5. Oh, my singing is off. <laughs> Anywho, so those are the two things on sale. You can DM me with any questions. And then just a reminder, I also have some one-on-one -on -one spots open. So if you are ready to start this new year with, ow, um, with Jesus, not with Jesus, with me, uh, diving into your next level. <laughs> Luna's definitely on one today. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with her. Um, you can DM me or you can head to link in bio to apply. And Real Men Heal is open for enrollment as well. Uh, this is our three-month men's group for healing your nervous system and creating life beyond your wildest dreams. So those are all the ways to dive in. The Secure Entrepreneur, Beyond Your Wildest Dreams membership, one-on-one. -on -one. We have four different tiers within one-on-one. -on -one. And Real Men Heal, three-month men's group healing program. So thank you guys for bearing with me. This was quite a journey. Uh, I'm probably going to need to take a nap now. I'm exhausted from just talking so much. And here's to 2024 being the year of deep surrender, faith, acceptance, learning, integration, and remembering who the fuck you are because you are pretty fucking phenomenal. And the world needs you. The U-E-S-U there is. All right. Love you guys so much. I will see you on the next episode. Bye.